0: Jerry's here. Jerry Cantrell. What's up, dude? How are you, man? I'm doing very well, mate. Very, very well. I'm thrilled to have you on my show, so I really appreciate you taking the time to do it, dude.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry it was late, man. Thanks for making it work for me.
0: Well, I've been doing the show five years, Jerry, and I've wanted you on since the start, so what's an extra hour after five years between friends, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, to wrangle musicians, it's like hurting cats, right?
0: So, <laughs> well, I know you don't yeah, do yeah, too sure many of these either. So, I'm not the
1: only one you run
0: into, <laughs> no, and and to be honest, you know, I'm guilty of it from time to time as well. It does happen, so yeah, all understanding and forgiveness yeah. here. And I know you don't do a lot of podcasts, so it, it means the world that, that you do in mine. And, um, I've been down the the Jerry Cantrell rabbit hole over the last couple of weeks in the lead up to this chat. And I heard the, the two podcasts that you've done over the years with with Dean, Dean Del Rey. And um, I, yeah. I, I love Dean. You know, I've had quite a bit of correspondence with him over the last few years because we have a lot of the same guests on and going back and forth. But yeah, he's, I mean, a great dude, a great host. And I really enjoyed the two chats that you've you've had with him over the years. Am I right in thinking he actually went out on the road with you as well, like opening up before chains, doing comedy?
1: He did, yeah. We've 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 uh, we've had a few of our friends, uh, who are comedians, come out and open for us on tour. Uh, Dean's funny as hell. I actually was just up in Seattle uh, a couple of weeks ago and saw him and Maron do a show, and it was sick. They're both awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I mean, I've seen all Maron specials, but I've never seen him live. I- I'd absolutely love to. What's his new, What's his new show looking like? Is it good?
1: I never, I had never seen a live show of his either, man. It was really good. It was really, really cool. You know, he's, he's he's got that, he's got that edge that you expect, but you know, there's a real, real playfulness and humanness to his, to his, to his routine and, and, uh, uh, Dean's just, you know, he's on fire. He's it's been fun watching him grow, you know?
0: Yeah, well, it's been amazing watching him grow as a podcaster as well, because like, like me, he's a completely self-made dude. You know, he doesn't have a producer, he doesn't have like a media team around him. It's just one guy getting out there doing everything. And then he goes and lands like the first ever, I think it was the first ever in the world, ACDC podcast with Brian and Angus. And, and they went to him before anyone because they'd heard of his show, they knew he was a fan and that for me is just like that's a testament to hard work isn't it and talent and sure. graft. Here's something <laughs> here's something that I've noticed. I had Lanigan on my show recently, and I think something that which doesn't get kind of talked about enough is a lot of you Seattle dudes just have great senses of humor. Um, you know, I, I know kind of the art that a lot of you dabble in is, you know, heavy at times, but there seems to be a real lightness of spirit. Um, and an amazing kind of almost British, like self-deprecating humor. Um, <laughs> a lot more so than yeah, people we, we from share, LA uh, and New York. There, there seems to be a lot more of a kinship. I think. If you would you say that's fair? Was is that what you would would agree with?
1: Yeah, I think we share a little bit more than than uh, longitude or lat- latitude and uh, and weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sure. probably what it is, isn't it? Just like grey, dreary, rainy. <laughs> all the time so you need to laugh to get through those days <laughs> so you're like oh god it's raining again um when you were coming Ar- up sarcasm
1: in that- is a highly highly prized and wielded weapon yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well when you were coming up obviously pre-internet when you guys are away from music industry towns like la and new york did it just feel like you were kind of you know almost left unsupervised to just do your own thing and you know have fun making music with your friends did it feel like you were you know, kind of just free in that sense from a lot of the, the bullshit that sometimes comes with the business.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's probably like that in pretty much any town, uh, maybe with the exception of like the super, super entertainment hubs, but you know, I'm sure it happens, it happens in these, these towns too. Uh, you, you, you don't know you're ever going to be able to do something like this for, for real or be an artist that makes an impact, but you have a, you have a dream uh you know you have the dream and you've been inspired by other artists who've done it and uh you know somewhere along the way uh you fall in with the fall in with the right bunch of guys and and uh or gals and and uh you know and and you start marching forward and and see where you can go and and uh our town was full of that that you know we had uh uh we were all all within probably a few years of age of one another. You know, it's, it was, it was like, we were all kind of like the same generation, you know? So, uh, and everybody I knew was in a band or went to see a band or work for a band. or It was very, uh, it was very musical, you know? And, uh, you know, at that particular time, you know, we were, we are kind of a, we are kind of an outpost, you know, a bit up on, up on the corner there. And, uh, so yeah, that probably had something to do with it, but you know, I put it more to the people and uh, the people involved in, the, in the, the wanting to make that happen and the, the pursuit of of trying to trying to write good tunes and be a be a good band. You know, uh, yeah. you had a lot to you had a lot to look to. You know, Cause there was a lot of a lot of motion. You know, in that direction, so uh, it felt good to know that you were part of something. Starting hard enough to. Know, just kind of get a band off the fucking ground but uh you know when like you know not you know nine or ten other ones are doing it pretty well locally you know <laughs> you know what I mean it's uh give you a kick, uh, kick in the ass you know so and I uh, sure we did that for each other you know kind of uh uh subconsciously you know
0: Well, that was what was super cool about that time and that place is all the bands were so different. And and often that happens when there is like a local scene is bands might get lumped together, but actually they sound nothing alike. And there's that kind of just individuality and idiosyncrasy and originality with each band that I guess, as you sort of allude to there, spurs the other ones around them on to be more unique, more like themselves, better. And then you kind of elevate each other together could you feel like the energy and the momentum building as you know bands are beginning to take off it must have been such an exciting time to and place to be a young upcoming musician but could you feel that momentum as it was happening like riding that wave
1: sure absolutely uh you know we're all like you know 20 year old kids you know and uh uh just turning legal to drink, you know what I mean? <laughs> so uh hanging out in the bars playing playing shows and and uh you know going to each other's uh gigs and stuff and you know you definitely knew something was happening. There was already you know uh already uh, some some of the some of the bands had done like independent records on independent labels and and uh uh you know you could feel it building and uh it was kind of a short period of time we formed in 87 and we put our first record out in 90. So uh, it was, you know, looking back at it, it wasn't that long. And, uh, but, but you, you could, you could, it was exciting. You know, it was really exciting. Like uh, you can't really, uh, you can't really, you know, uh, there's no way we would have thought it would have turned in what it did, but uh, you know, we all really dug what we were doing and you could feel like something was working, you know? And uh, it's also kind of a, sense of community
0: you know yeah um and i think that's a lot of that is from pre-internet era I, i think i've found with a lot of people i've spoken to is like you had to just go out and find your kindred people didn't you before you could go just connect with them at the touch of a button and i think there's obviously a lot of good things that have come from the internet like the fact that we're getting to chat right now but i i do think that before that invention changed everything forever there was definitely like a um I don't know you you could kind of take active participation in the process of discovery and exploration and and you obviously came up way before even cell phones were a part of touring life um so you kind of just had to make it up as as you went along you can you can google anything. yeah <laughs> yeah
1: i mean uh you know it was a it was most definitely a different time and you know uh uh you know life is constantly in session and and things do always change so you know, we've definitely seen some, some things change over the last three decades plus, but, uh, uh, you know, what remains the same, what remains the same is, you know, uh, I still love making music. You know, I still love the guys that, uh, that I'm in a band with. I, I love our city and I, and I'm a big fan of, uh, all, all of the music. They're all, all good friends of ours from where we, where, where we sprung from, you know, and, and, uh, And we're part of the bigger, the bigger worldwide community, you know, of of musicians and artists, and that's that's pretty great.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure to be a part of it. And um, what's kind of for me my favorite thing about doing this show is the research element. And I've been listening to Alice in Chains music my entire life. I'm a rock and roll DJ, so every single weekend for the last fifteen years. I've been playing Alice in Chains music, but in the lead up to this chat, I really just dived in deep on the three solo albums, not just the new one, but all three. Um, they all sound kind of unmistakably like you. They're all unique into themselves and each one offers, I think, slightly different qualities, but they all sound so unmistakably like you and so fucking great, dude. And um, it was a real joy just going down the rabbit hole with all three of them over the last couple of weeks in the lead-up to this chat. And I guess I'd like to ask you, before we get into the newer solo record, um, is the first time you do anything solo, is that for the Cable Guy soundtrack? Am I right in thinking that, or have I been misinformed?
1: Let me think about that. Um, yeah, probably. But probably that's, that sounds about right. And how did, year was that?
0: I think it was 96. Okay. It was around that time. That's
1: um, about right. That's so, about right because Boggy uh, came out ninety eight, and and Degradation Trip was two thousand two. So yeah, that that probably sounds right. I remember talking to uh, uh, Jud, a he's just a cool dude, man, and a real big fan of music, and and he makes amazing films. and And uh, uh, we, we partnered on a few projects where where we were. Uh, he asked us to to put some music into his work, and and uh, uh that was a that was a really fun project. Sean and I Sean and I did that. Uh did, did a little video for it too, if I remember correctly. But uh uh yeah, I, I haven't heard that tune in a bit, but but a few few folks have, have asked me about it recently. Uh Greg actually Push was was actually asking me about doing that one maybe on this tour. Amazing. Um yeah, that's probably you're probably right. You're probably right. That was probably the first thing I did outside the band. Yeah. I think think in the early days, I did a, did a, wrote a song and kind of did a. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. I just woke up, Yep,
0: <laughs> The yeah. coffee's just kicking in. No, it's all good, man. I was just Yeah, I think s- I
1: need one more. <laughs> Go
0: ahead. <laughs> that Cable Guy film was so good, though. I remember at the time, it was kind of a little bit shocking for people because Jim Carrey had obviously done all these kind of like PG, family-friendly, you know, very mainstream comedy films that were all hugely successful. And Ben Stiller, obviously, as well, was known for these kind of, you know, super palatable, accessible movies. And then here come these guys guys obviously judd wrote it ben directed it jim in it and just a dark film i think it's aged incredibly well though and like that scene in particular when he's doing the fucking Jefferson airplane karaoke <laughs> don't you want somebody <laughs> to love <It's> so good
1: <laughs> yeah that had a nice dark bent to it you know there was kind of like a, there was a, there was a lot of filmmakers kind of putting a little 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 dark dark twist on some things and and uh i love the idea of it i remember i had that song laying around, you know, Leave Me Alone and, you know, it couldn't have I I, I couldn't have planned it any better that it would be like a song for that soundtrack because that's the whole thing. The guy just won't leave broader to Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I, I watched the other night just sheer, sheerly by chance before I even knew I was going to be talking to you before we locked this in but I watched Jerry Maguire because you know one of those movies for whatever reason I'd never ever seen it and he's going to the photocopy in place in the middle of the night he's printing off this pamphlet and there's a guy behind the counter and I go hmm that dude looks familiar and <laughs> it's you uh, delivering one of the greatest I mean, there's two lines but the, the the latter half of that you know double line you got to hang your balls out there. Um, how did that opportunity come about and how much fun did you have doing that? And honestly, like sometimes you'll see a musician appear in a film and they just look a little bit out of place, like they can't quite carry themselves in that environment. And you just seem so at home. And I know it's only a very short like performance, but it's so memorable and perfect. And, and you just absolutely knocked it out of the park. I thought it was so good.
1: Well, Cameron is, you know, he's got a long history of... Uh, of uh connection to music and and he's just a just a wonderful filmmaker and uh you know he when, when he was with uh he was married to Nancy Wilson and we were good friends with uh with Hart and uh that's how we met and uh you know Seattle's not that big a town and and yeah. it's it's pretty hard uh it's pretty hard to not know somebody <laughs> you know what I mean cuz it ain't that big but uh uh I remember he was talking to we had done uh we had done the single soundtrack with him and done a couple of live performances so we had a relationship and then uh uh he didn't tell me what he was doing but he but he i remember hanging out with him a couple of times and he was asking me what's it like to be a Jerry?
0: Amazing. Give me some nicknames. Like what, give me, give me some, what is it like
1: to be Jerry? Come on, tell me. Like, like <laughs> we had a couple of, couple of discussions over beers or what it was like to be Jerry. And I know I, I knew why a little bit later because he's the character was Jerry McGuire, but uh I I I think he I think he had a laugh put me in that movie. He's like, I just wanted to fucking see Cantrell and Dockers at a (laughs) Time You know what I mean? So so he fucking he put me in that scene and you know, I'd never done anything really like that before. Uh it had been kind of you know, part of a part of an interest of mine in school, you know, like uh drama and, and acting and stuff like that. So uh but you know, I'm used to having a guitar on, <clears throat> strapped on me and a, a mic in my face and and a bunch of screaming people and a loud amp behind me. So it's a different deal, you know. Just just shooting those two lines took like four or five hours from different angles, and it was really, really kind of a trippy process watching how meticulous it is and how many shots you need just for that uh, that little amount of time <laughs> in, a, in a film. But. um Tom Cruise was really cool. It was great hanging with him, and he, you know, he and he, and Cameron, kind of, kind of, pep me up a little bit, and we ran it down, and it turned out, uh, turned out, turned out all right. It, Dude, was fun. It's, it it's turned fun out better
0: than all right. You killed it. As I said, I know it's only a short moment, but you, you just absolutely killed it. It's so good. There's this kind of great twinkle in your eye as well. Like I don't know where your head was at when you were shooting it, but you kind of just look like this. The, you know this this kind of stoner far out figure that you expect in in roles like that like <laughs> dreaming of being anywhere yeah, else well, but uh, there.
1: <laughs> the character was jesus of copy mat yeah i'm the guy that <laughs> he comes in and has, a, has this brilliant idea and I, t- I tell him to go, go, go for it, and his whole life falls apart. But then he finds himself at the end. So it's kind of, kind of funny.
0: <laughs> Are you friends with Monique Powell from Save Ferris, Jerry? It sounds like a random question, but the reason I ask is she's a good friend of mine. And I remember a few years ago she posted a picture on Halloween. Um, I think she was with Greg Hetson, and she was dressed as Poison Ivy. And and you're there as oh yeah, as Lebowski, as the dude. Yeah. And you just had that That's look right. down to a T. <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: yeah, I had my dude costume on. Yeah, Monique's great.
0: He's cool. Has <laughs> that been revisited since that year? Because if that was mine, that would be coming out of the woodwork every single year, man. It's like it looks like the exact same cardigan from the film and everything. It was perfect, perfect.
1: Kind of funny. I was like, uh uh. I kind of had the goatee and and my hair was growing out, uh, you know, from when I'd whacked it off a few years ago. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think we went to go see the dead Kennedys or something in a club on the road somewhere. And I was wearing like sweats and kind of a raggedy old shirt. (laughs) And, uh, I was with my guitar tech, uh, Scott Dockraden and a couple of guys. And this dude comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh my God, the dude's watching watching the Dead I'm Like that's Jeff Bridges. Like, like this guy just was convinced that I was the dude, you know, like fucking Jeff Bridges and stuff. And so we had to laugh about that. Scotty was pissing himself, so we got on the got on the internet and pulled up a couple of big Lebowski outfits and they we just pulled them right up. There you go. That's, that's, that's one in the plus column for the inner, inner web. Yeah, yeah,
0: right there.
1: But, <laughs> had it sent out in a few days. And so I, I, I got a lot of use out of that outfit. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Amazing, that Pendleton dude. sweater is killer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How do you and Tyler Bates first link up? I had him on the show recently. Um great guy and one of the most impressive CVs in in music and film and and what he does he's just you know there's very few if any better than him. Um how do you two first connect?
1: Well I met his wife Lisa. We 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 don't live too far apart from one another <clears throat> and uh just kind of walking around the neighborhood and uh uh I was out walking my cat, actually. <laughs> i tell my day? cat to walk on a And he, uh, he, he used to, uh, his name was Harold, and uh, <laughs> uh, that little guy loved the truck, man. we could take him up on a, uh, up in the trails, and and uh, I'd, I'd go on like miles long walks with him. And and uh, so I was walking Harold, and uh, apparently I was walking by Tyler's house and the garage door opened. And uh, they were all walking out as a family, and uh, it scared the shit out of Harold, so he bolted and got himself out of the harness and disappeared. So, that's, that's,
0: that's. <laughs> so there you are, looking for so I Harold.
1: A man <laughs> <laughs> I, I met him and then had to find my cat. Yeah, but uh, I knew he was out on tour, uh, uh, and uh, he had, I guess he had just gotten back. And Lisa was was saying that we should meet, and uh, we've been we've been friends ever since, you know.
0: Well, it seemed like, you know, because you'd had quite a big break after the second solo album, obviously, you know, you got Chained back together and you're touring regularly and you're busy with all of that. And so then, you know, 15 years all of a sudden have gone by. And 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 was the, the John Wick thing what kind of got you back in the studio for the first time in a while and got those old solo material, you know, kind of mindset juices flowing? Was that what that was? Was that the catalyst for that?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it was all part of... Uh you know, it's good to be creative, you know? And, uh, you know, I remember this band has done projects outside the band and it's a completely normal and healthy thing with pretty much any, any group of musicians. And you've got a, you've got a kind of a shared quest and a goal and, <clears throat> and a sound and, and, uh, you know, there's plenty of room for plenty of room for expression outside of that. So, uh, Ty, you know, Tyler was, said he was doing this movie and, and, uh, uh asked if I wanted to do a song and and uh it was just a kind of an organic thing I'm like yeah okay so we sat down started going through some ideas came up with the structure pretty quick and I you know he put a mic in front of my face and started fucking singing some melody lines that's usually how it always starts words are always kind of the last thing and uh I'll just kind of do mumble lyrics but the the melody lines come pretty quick so we just kind of sketch that thing up uh probably within a day or two and uh uh did it for the for that movie gil Sharon, who's on this record tyler and myself yeah
0: it's an amazing film that one all of them are uh, so just you know entertaining and visceral and and the music's always great again obviously because tyler's got his hands all over it um and he's just an amazing all-rounder isn't he And, and so has he played on the new album as well as you know produced it all and done all of that is he like playing on the record as well
1: yeah he did he actually played uh, the two shows that i played in l a uh in the middle of the kind of writing process uh for this record did a couple of shows uh in december uh of nineteen and uh he he did those shows with me playing guitar and on this record he does he does some percussion, some strings uh plays a little, plays a little bit of bass and a little bit of guitar you know he's 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 in there you know but uh most <clears throat> mostly mostly you know he was a he's just a really he was a really great producer you know he was a uh, he's he's a he's got a real pure he's got a real pure idea about what music is and how it should be made and and uh uh you know he he sets he sets a good he sets a good table let's put it that way to be able to work and clears a bunch of crap off of it and uh and that's a sign of a good producer and he also he also keeps you off balance a little bit. And, and I, you need that, you know, you need, you need somebody that's gonna, you know, every producer I've, I've worked with has that in common. Yeah. Uh, you know, questioning you, pushing you, you know, like, like putting, making you a little uncomfortable, you know, even, even maybe getting you pissed off from fucking time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Get a, get a rise, get a rise out of you, get a better performance, or maybe make you, maybe make you see something that maybe you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see if you weren't in that state, you know, in a more comfortable state. I guess so. Uh, it's good. It's really good. It's a. It's a good. We have a good friendship, and we have a good working partnership as well. You know.
0: And is Duff doing bass on on most of the record? A couple of tracks, and like I mean, that dude, he's. He's such a not just a rock and roll like hero, but he's such a great ambassador for the Seattle scene as well, isn't he? And he's just he's I've met him several times and he's just an absolute geezer as well. Just a great, great guy. Really down to earth. Super talented. Badass. Is he on the whole thing or just a few or which ones is he on?
1: I think he plays about five, five tunes uh five or six something like that we we when we sat down to do this i think he i think he only intended of course i i wanted him to play the whole record but
0: yeah yeah <laughs> but <laughs> how would you not right <laughs> that
1: other, he's got other fish to fry and i think initially i initially asked him to come over just to just to listen to a song or two and i sent him sent him a bunch of demos and uh you know songs and he picked out i think he picked out a couple and he came over and, and sat down and, uh, and, uh, we kind of went through them and they sounded so good and it kind of fit, um, that I asked him to do more and he, and, and he did, you know, and, uh, it was a really fun process though. You know, I respect the hell out of him, you know, uh, being a master of his instrument and just being kind of the malleable musical force that he is. I, he, he can, he can, he can go with you anywhere you want to go, you know, and, uh, and you can take you places, take you places you've never been. You know, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean. So, uh, it was really fun sitting down with him because we were, you know, I'll, when I do demos, I'll I I used to do the demo bass, and you know, occasionally I'll come up with a decent riff. You know, like the beginning of wood or or stone or or whatever. Uh, you know, there's been a couple occasions where where the 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 demo baseline is actually pretty fucking good. So uh, I've been paid the paid the honor of having having the bass player I was working with play it, you know, and uh, uh, he's like, man, let's do a Frankenstein on a couple of these, because I like this part of yours, and I like this part of yours, and, and I, I got ideas for the rest of it, and so we just kind of passed we so we sat down, hit the record button, and then when we get to a certain part, we'd pass the bass back up, he'd hand me the bass, I'd play a little bit, and I'd hand it back uh, there's a couple songs that are kind of Frankensteins of Duff and I and uh on siren and and uh what is it siren and dismembered i played the i played bass yeah
0: oh dude dismembered is i think dismembered and prism of doubt are my two favorite songs on there i think the whole album's brilliant but those two for me i don't know what it is i can never quite vocalize how i feel about music because i don't play an instrument myself so i can never quite reference the exact technical things that are going on that draw me in but I mean, maybe you could tell me as they're your the, your pieces of art, what do you think it is about those two that maybe stand out to some of the other songs on the album? Maybe I can try and figure out here and now with the man himself what it is that draws me in
1: <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes it doesn't have to be figured out it just if if it makes you feel and it makes you think and like what the what the fuck is it about this thing? you know what is it about this this song you know like that's a sign of a it's the sound of a good tune, you know. I mean, Siren for me, it's so visual. Uh, it's really, it's it's really sexy and lush, you know. And uh, uh, there's a real kind of a, you know, burning ember, you know, power to it. And 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 you know, it kind of kind of just kind of explodes now and again. But uh, yeah, to me, it's like a little mini movie, you know. And I and it's funny because it's not the same movie every time you know mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's also a good sign you know about a song you know where when you it makes you think of different things instead of some just straight up linear linear uh, linear kind of you know storyline or whatever it's it's uh it's kind of wide wide and open enough for you to take it a few different ways so it's cool
0: well there's a couple and, of key go on sorry what you going to say jerry
1: dismembered is just fun you know it's just yeah. a fun <laughs> it's a fun tune until it gets to that kind of left turn twist in the middle uh where it where it goes from major to minor i love that part that's such a such a you know what the hell moment and uh i love doing that in music i love taking the unexpected turn or or the the uh unexpected downshift you know like whoa hey <laughs> you know and <laughs> I love doing that. I I, I love music that that takes me on a ride like that. And I've always tried to uh, try to uh, use some of those lessons and directions of my craft, you know.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door.
0: Well, here's one thing I can say, and this isn't an original observation, but all of your melodies since day one have you know, just been so haunting and, and beautiful. Um, and I was reading, and maybe you can inform um, some more information on this or perhaps tell me I'm wrong, but you were in the choir as a kid, right? And so some of your early musical influences came from the like gregorian ancient chants that you'd hear in church is is that like too much of a leap or is that uh, an accurate assessment of what happened because when i heard that i was like oh it makes sense like listening to that music there is this kind of like ancient gnarly you know mystical element um is that where that comes from did that stand out to you as a kid hearing that stuff
1: it did it did it was a big influence you know uh uh, you know, my first stage experience of performing for people was not with a guitar. It was standing on stage with a bunch of other folks, uh, you know, as, as, part, as part of a group singing, you know, singing or singing and and acting, you know. And uh, uh, it was cool to have that. That's, uh, I guess that was where I put together uh, how much of a kick it was to be totally terrified mm-hmm. <laughs> to stand, stand on stage in front of a bunch of people looking at you and wanting to scream, What are you looking at? and run off the stage and then perform your bit, actually have them respond and like how good that feels, you know, like like uh it just feels so good, you know. Not only that you that you got a response out of them, but you felt like you did a good job for yourself, you know, and, and uh um that's a that's a worthy pursuit, you know? It's a worthy pursuit to to be involved and in, uh, in letting people kind of put everything on hold there, you know, <clears throat> take, take a minute, take a minute out of life and kind of just enjoy something or let, let, let down, you know, celebrate, relax, you know, have a shared experience with people that you might never hang out with in your life, but you can all do so there, you know, and it's great, you know,
0: yeah, there is something magical and unexplainable um, and, and people have it in religion and sports and music. I think they're the key three where you're in these huge spaces, whether they're indoors or outdoors, and you just tapped into the same source of energy and you're all kind of riding the same yeah. momentum. And it's it's true magic. I, I feel like it's where we're most reminded that there are these kind of supernatural elements to the human experience, whether or not we want to admit it in day to day life when we all get together in massive communal gatherings like that. I think it's, it's, you know, it's so tangible. You can't deny it.
1: Sure. You know, the lack, the lack of it over the, the lack of, of it over the last 18 months, you know, it's, has been, uh, you know, we've, we've all been dealing with this, uh, you know, communally worldwide and, and, uh, the, the, the change that this little virus has, has brought <laughs> and, the grinding to a standstill of life, you know, and, uh, I mentioned that sh- that comedy show I went to uh, with Mark Maron and and Dean Del Rey, and you know sat there sat there in a group of people. You know we're all masked up and everything, but that was a little you know that's that's a little unusual, but that's what we have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And and I laughed my ass off for like you know two and a half hours, and like there was a couple moments in the middle of that being part of the crowd like laughing so much that I almost started crying Mm because I realized how long it had been since I've sat with a bunch of people and had fun like that, you know, and that sort of an environment, you know, like it it almost brought me to tears a couple of moments, you know, and it felt so good, you know, but but I was also aware of, of, of not only what that meant to me, but, but what that, what that has meant to everybody else to not have that, access to that a lot, you know, over the last 18 months. And so I, I really look forward to, I really look forward to next year getting on a stage and being able to do some shows again and, and uh, kind of make that connection and have fun, you know, yeah, get back I- to life.
0: You know? I, I DJed a festival about three weeks ago and it was my first like big scale gig back and I, I didn't hold back the tears, Jerry. I let the tears come pouring out on me <laughs> and uh, it was so overwhelming yeah. and such a profound experience and it's like you say, it's like, oh my God, you don't know what you've got till it's gone and you miss it for so long and then when you get it back, I mean, you're in for a treat. So have you not, yeah. have you not played a show post-pandemic yet then and, and is it going to be next year for you when all of that ramps back up again?
1: I have not have not uh, I'm probably uh, I, I don't think that I'm going to play any shows until until March. you know we, we start touring in March in the states uh, looked at uh, we're looking at some dates uh, for Europe and u k uh, over the summer, and awesome. there's some stuff going on in the fall too uh, yeah we are we'll be locked and loaded and ready to roll next year. Uh, hopefully the hopefully the virus lets us do that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'll oh, well, touch wood and <laughs> fingers crossed and all those other cliches but yes yeah, it does seem I don't want to jinx it for the world but it does seem like we're we're through the worst but um, I guess the last 18 months have taught us that anything can happen can't they? So I
1: think we're heading in the right direction.
0: (laughs) Talk to me about William. Uh, that dude is not only an immense talent, but just such a cool motherfucker. Um, and he, you know, it must've been pretty hard for him stepping into those huge shoes, but he rose to the occasion. Um, where does that friendship start? And at what point did you realize that's my guy right there?
1: Uh, we became friends when he moved to, uh, LA and, uh, I was staying down here and, uh, we had a mutual friend that introduced us and, and, uh, you know, we just kind of hit it off and started hanging out. And, uh, of I was in the middle of making, uh, a record degradation trip and, and, uh, you know, we'd had a chance to jam a bit and, and, uh, uh, we went out and did that tour, uh, you know, for the degradation trip. And, and, uh, so we, not, not only was I playing some, uh, playing my material, but, uh, playing Alice songs as well that I'd written and, and, uh, you know, we fit really well together vocally and I'm always been a fan and it's kind of like a, a, uh, fan of and, and, uh, uh, two singers or more singers in a band, you know, and, uh, it's something that's kind of a hallmark, I think of, of the music that I've been involved with. I've been lucky enough to, to, uh, kind of develop that kind of a, uh blueprint if you will you mm-hmm. know with lane and and continue with william and and on this record uh you know it was really fun having greg in the mix too greg greg pucciato uh from uh, dillinger escape plant yeah he's uh, amazing it's you know I, I i just i love you you mentioned it earlier that's the thing harmony you know and i love i love bands that uh you know two guys or three guys could carry lead vocals in a song and and they, and it's all interchangeable. And, uh, you know, one, it's kind of like a one, one plus one equals three scenario.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah, Will's Will's cool, man. He's a, he's, he's really talented. You know, uh, he's, he's, he put out a record a couple of years ago too, before all this happened. Uh, he's been doing some stuff with the, with the gto guys and and uh uh you know it's been fun having them in the band
0: what's it like when your voices do into like you know interlock in that way can you explain it or is it almost unexplainable because harmonizing in that way not just sonically but it's like your spirits collide um and as you say one plus one becomes three it becomes something else something bigger is there any way you can vocalize what that feels like or do you really just have to be in those moments to know what it's like?
1: Well it's always worked you know it's great being a part of an ensemble you know everybody plays a role you know uh, this band wouldn't be what it is without any of the six of us you know so uh, there's like a chemistry <clears throat> there's a chemistry of, of maybe the things maybe the you know the parts that you don't look at all the time it's easy to look at the singer or the guitar player you know a lot of people don't don't yeah. don't, don't uh, uh your attention isn't drawn all the time to the to the to the drummer or the bass player and and you know uh, every, all six of us are were were we're completely necessary and integral to to how this band sounds and we all wear different uh you know we all take turns putting our hand on the wheel you know what i mean so uh uh you know harmony how har- you know i Uh, i I know sean can can sing and i know mike can sing too i've 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 heard them both do it but they they won't do it live (laughs) which they would (laughs) because because i like that whole i like that whole beals queen thing man that could be that could be pretty badass you know like add a few more voices to it and i've always been a fan of of uh you know harmony like we like we mentioned earlier and and uh so it's something always I'm always playing with, you know, and there's always a third and sometimes a fourth harmony and and uh it's just a real real free form thing and uh just feels natural. I'm glad glad that we have a uh, musical fingerprint, I guess, you know, an identifiable fingerprint that uh that's uniquely us, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, you mentioned your second album a moment ago. Was that when you had basically Ozzy's rhythm section? Um, Rob Trujillo and and Mike Borden. Was that the album you did with those guys?
1: Yeah, Trujillo and Borden, uh, did, uh, degradation chip with me. They took the... They took the degradation trip
0: with me, yeah. <laughs> and did you have to ask Ozzy? Like, can I borrow you guys? How did that? <laughs> How did you pry them away? And it's it worked so well for that record. Like that album is a lot heavier than the new one, and that's neither bad nor good. It's just different. And I actually think pre- I prefer the the newest one. But that second album is probably the heaviest of the three solo albums that you've done. And I guess a part of that is because when you play with guys like that, it can only go that way, right?
1: Yeah. You know, when, uh, you know, everybody, uh, everybody that's involved in making a record, especially the players, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they're in going to influence how the, how the thing is going to turn out, you know, and they're going to add to it. They're going to elevate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I deeply appreciate and, uh, and, uh, respect those guys and I, I love them to death. And, uh, uh, we, 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 uh, we, uh, we, uh, every once in a while we'll be in the same place at the same time, the three of us. And, and we talk about doing a, doing a D trip reunion, Amazing. doing a, just a handful of shows. So I would, I would love to do that. Yeah. I think I, think I just caught them in a window when they, when maybe Ozzy wasn't working. you know. So,
0: like, and they were dialed <laughs> in. They were used to working with each other. They were ready to go. Yeah. Just perfect timing, man. Yeah. Who's been some of your favorite people? Because you you jam with some incredible. Have you ever jammed with Patton? Have you ever played with Mike Patton? Would you like to? If you haven't,
1: never have. But I would love. Yeah, that, that guy's sick. I saw so I saw uh, I saw the Bungle shows where Scott Ian was playing with him here uh-huh. here oh, in Dave L.A. Bardo, uh, yeah, well, yeah, Lombardo. Yeah, man, Dave is so cool. You know, Dave, Dave. Uh, Dave actually was involved early on in the process of this record. He, he and I did a little jam with Tyler demoing a few of these songs out, uh, uh, Dave, Dave Lombardo and another buddy of mine, Brian Lee Brown and, uh, James Lomenzo are three guys that, that are not on the record, but they are, they are part of the process of the making of this record. And so, uh, but yeah, Pat Patton is, uh, sick you know that I, I love how i love how versatile he is the the energy that he has uh he's, he's got a he's got so many different voices and i i i don't think that he's ever satisfied and that's why he keeps swimming so fast you know and and it's just amazing to see all the see the notes and the different different art that he puts out i also also took a took a little bit of uh, a little bit of lessons out of his book on kind of going it alone and 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 making indie records uh greg pucciato uh is is good good buddies with Patton as well and he's also had experience doing uh kind of independent records and kind of running everything out of your out of your, uh out of your little mom and pop store instead of like a record label sort of structure so that's another really interesting feature about this record uh, is is it's my first independent record completely, and uh, uh, I, t- I definitely took some notes and uh, some guidance from Greg and and uh, Mike Patton through Greg as well in that in that department.
0: Yeah, I guess you know x amount of years in, you can still take these kind of new risks and and have new experiences and the creative industry is, I think, quite unique in that sense, isn't it? Is if you want to just keep doing new things, you could do new things continually for all time. Like that scope is there, as you say, both creatively and in the, the business approach.
1: Well, it's changed so much. I mean, it used to, a record company used to be a, it used to be a, a really integral and important force. I mean, for as much as they were fucking ripping you off, it actually, you actually got something for it, you know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. you know, they really, had a push and a worldwide organization and, and especially like radio play and, and MTV and all that stuff and local promotion. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we had, we had a good experience with our label, you know, Columbia and, and Sony were, you know, Don Einer and, and, uh, you know, Peter Fletcher and and Michelle Anthony, uh, we, uh, Nick Terzo, we had a pretty good experience with, with our company. And, and, uh, you know it was it was on a longer time scale of developing an artist and you know sticking sticking with an artist i don't know that that really exists anymore you know what i mean so yep. uh so i mean technically it does but is it really necessary i don't know i'm i'm finding out by kind of trying something different and uh so far it's been going pretty cool you know the uh, the mark and samantha at velvet hammer are running a great campaign along with a bunch of other really talented people we put together and it's been kind of fun just kind of running it out of the, out of the, out of the shop, you know, instead of having, having anybody else in the way of it, you know, and uh, it's been kind of satisfying on that front too. Yeah. I think it's, I think in life it's important to remain teachable, you know?
0: Yeah. And hopefully if it continues to go well, we will maybe see loads more, Jerry Cantrell solo albums. (laughs) And um... hopefully
1: it won't take me 18 years. I don't know if I got 18 years left.
0: Well, I've enjoyed listening to the, all three of them so much over the last couple of weeks. One thing I did want to kind of touch upon as we approach the end is your love of country music, because it seems like since the start of your career, um, you know, you were never afraid to delve in the kind of heavy pond, but then also strip it back too. And and that has to come from from blues and country music, is that? a musical form that has always been in your life did you grow up listening to it and is it something that's always kind of informed and inspired you as an artist
1: yeah it's in there you know it's a it's a chunk you know it's a chunk of uh what makes up the fabric of me you know and uh both my folks were were big country music fans and so you know uh it was always on the radio driving in the car and at home and stuff and uh uh we weren't a family that went to concerts or anything like that. So every, every, everything I kind of uh, digested came through the radio or the TV, you know, and, uh, or the turntable, you know, or, or tape deck. And, um, uh, it was kind of, kind of cool that way In in retrospect, but, uh, but yeah, you know, like all, all the, all the great classic country, you know, Willie Nelson, Hank Williams, Merle Haggard, uh, you know, Ernest Tubb, uh, Charlie Pride, Charlie Rich, uh, God, there's just there's so many to so many to uh, to mention. Patsy Cline, Tanya Tucker, Loretta Lynn, uh, Dolly Parton. uh, uh, God, what's the guy? Uh, Dolly's partner. Why can't I remember his
0: name? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I
1: forget. Yeah.
0: Well, there's, there's the kind of like a, a sadness, isn't there, to that storytelling as well. Like they are able to take life stories and condense them down into three and a half minute song, which in itself is this great skill. But then there's just this kind of just emotion that bleeds in the music. And it's so authentic and so sincere uh, and so timeless. And, and you did mention Willie Nelson there. Am I right in thinking you jammed with him or what was the what was the link with you and Willie?
1: Yeah, I did a, uh, I did a, uh, I was invited to be part of a record called twisted Willie where they had kind of, like, what a, a, kind great of night. a bunch of, uh, yeah, a bunch of, bunch of kind of like, you know, rock bands or whatever, doing Willie Nelson tunes. And so I got to do a song called, I see the, uh, this scene all this world I care to see. And, uh, I remember, uh, meeting w- Willie in, in Austin. I think he was playing a gig down there and, uh, and I got to go on the bus and play it for him. And he was kind of blown away by the fact that I uh, uh, picked that song, you know? And he's, he's like, yeah, that's not really a... Where, where the hell do you hear that song?
0: That's <laughs> like, a deep cut.
1: You know, and uh, he's like, yeah, that's, that's that's a heavy track, man. I wasn't really in a good place when I wrote that tune. And I'm like, well, I relate to music like that, That kinda has an edge and hits, you know, and, and he's like, Oh you did a good job So that was that was fun.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any such thing as depressing music. Whenever I play sad songs, people will kinda go, Oh man, don't put this on, this bums me out and for me sad music elevates and uplifts me. You know, if I'm in a bad place and I hear something that's relatable in that way and I hear, Oh, there's pain in this thing too for me it has the reverse effect and actually has a really positive uplifting empowering effect i don't think there's such a thing as depressing music There can be like music that's so bad it's depressing perhaps but i don't think like sad music can make you sad if that makes sense
1: yeah you know i mean uh i don't know there's you know that the, there there's some people make films about you know certain subjects some people make films about other i i, I guess that's something that's that i that i like about country music and uh porter wagner Fucking knew it would fucking come to me in a sec. That's it, Porter <laughs> Wagner. <laughs> yes.
0: I was gonna go uh, George Jones. Yeah, well no you know fifty
1: five. Not all of me survived. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Most of me's here, but uh yeah, uh Porter Wagner. Yeah, fucking great singer. <laughs> um yeah, you know uh sorry, I got a little distracted there. Um country music and music in general, uh, you know, it. It, it it has, it does, it does touch on elements of sadness, but it's also resolute and celebration too, you know? So I think the, I think you need the whole enchilada, you know, you need the whole enchilada. And I, I prefer, prefer not skipping the, skipping the dark bits, you know what I mean? So like, I mean, that's, that's, that's the drama in the story. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I love music that has elements of dark and light because that is life. You know, you they're they're inseparable and and uh, necessary to one another. And and any good story is not all yay yippee killer. I'm the best. I won. <laughs> you get kicked in the balls and on your ass, <laughs> knocked on your ass, and you know things go to go to pot. And uh, and you get back up, and then and good stuff happens too. You know, so uh, I don't know. I've always I've always been drawn to music that, that has that heavy emotional element, and I guess I've tried to, I think that's pretty evident in the way that I write and the songs that I've written, if you listen to them, but, but I, I think it would be an oversimplification just to call it that, you know, dark and heavy. It's not, you know. It is it is it is those things, but it's, there's also elements of, of light and hope and perseverance and celebration in there, too, you know, so...
0: And as you say, in a nutshell, that's life, isn't it, right there? It's all of it, the full spectrum. You can't have one without the other. Um, perhaps you wouldn't want one without the other either because you only get to truly appreciate the, the love and the joy and the good stuff in this world when you've made it through the bad. Um, Jerry, this has been such a treat, and I am just so happy that you know we finally got to do it after five years of hoping that our paths would cross. They sort of have through a, you know, a telephone connection. And uh, I've really enjoyed myself, and I hope you have too. And just want to say a big thank you for taking the time to do it. And um, just congratulations on another amazing record, to a ridiculous canon of incredible art.
1: Thank you so much, man. I appreciate you listening. And, and uh, I'm, I'm, once again, I apologize for my lateness. Thanks for making the time for me to, to get on the show
0: it's been a pleasure mate a pleasure and a treat and uh yeah i look forward to hopefully seeing you over here in the new year um take care and yeah good luck with all the rest of the interviews and stuff and thank you again for taking the time really appreciate it dude
1: we'll get over there one way or the other next summer
0: for sure (laughs) you have to get in a little inflatable dinghy and (laughs) row over (laughs) one way or another man make it happen (laughs) nice one jerry have a great day dude take care